Welcome to the Backyard Buddhist Podcast, where we seek to bring calm introspection together with skillful action. Today on the Backyard Buddhist, we're introducing our first hot on the grill segment. This is where we're talking about the relevant hot button issues that we're faced with today. You'd have to live in a remote cave to have missed the sharp twist of hatred and polar views these days. No matter what part of the world you're in, there are opposing viewpoints. We sit and watch the news like we're watching a WWE grudge match. I find myself wondering what is staged, what is real, and I often ask myself, is this actually happening? Each day seems to get crazier and crazier, no matter if you're on one side or the other, the behavior is simply appalling to see a sane adult acting the way that we do. Welcome my co-host and good buddy, Danny Hobart. Dan, what the heck is going on? Today, Paolo, you have chosen a extremely relevant topic, like within the last 24 hour topic for me. So I appreciate that. <laughs> and me as well. I'll tell you, here's, here's my story. So I had two incidents yesterday where my reaction piqued me to this topic. And, you know, as I do, when I have a reaction, I often, you know, need an, an introspective look. What's really, what's really causing this. That's my, my go-to. So I had two things yesterday. One, um, there was a, a post, and it may have been from a few days back, from a local congresswoman you know, in my district that had posted just a simple question about what is most relevant to you in this time of you know, chaos and you know, bringing, the, bringing everything back online. Um, and the responses, there were a few skillful responses that said, Hey, you know, I really need, you know, that stimulus $600 a week, um, thing to help because until this last week, it hadn't even, you know, made it into, to people's checking accounts. And there were some responses like that, but the vast majority of the responses to this post were just hate. We're just, I can't wait to vote you out of office. One said, um, you should be um, taken out of office and deported. And this is a oh. Native American woman, so I'm not sure where she's going to get <laughs> deported to. <laughs> the so, past. They're going to deport her to 1750. So that was the first one. And I just literally, I had to just set my, my phone down and not look at it anymore because I just, all of this was just hateful and unskillful and irrelevant. So I just walked away from it, and then later on, this is this is both um, uh, both of my incidents were, were on Facebook, so <laughs> that might be uh, my trigger. So the second one, I was just scrolling last night, and I saw that I had a notification on our backyard Buddhist um, uh, Facebook page, and I had um, I had shared a photo of myself, you know, sitting in meditation position. And it just had a, 
you know, it has a logo on one side of my head and our names on the other. And, you know, it, it's a post and it says, I'm, you know, so happy to see how many people, you know, even around the world are downloading our podcast and, you know, just asking for questions, you know, what, what questions can we answer? And some guy, a, who is a Christian songwriter and musician in Omaha just responded and said, false prophet. Hmm. And I had to, you know, I'm like, what? <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, right. I mean, I, I don't necessarily consider myself a prophet <laughs> for one, <laughs> for one. But I, I really had a reaction because I thought, you have no idea who I am from, you know, from a, a post um, or what I stand for. I'm sure you didn't download the podcast, but, you know, just from that position, it seemed as if. Um, I was being reprimanded for my religious choices and it, it kind of ticked me off. I did delete his post. I'm just going to say that that's because I just felt it was irrelevant. And, you know, if you got something to say, send me a message and not in a cowardly form. So, you know, we're, we're we're in early days, right? You you and I with this podcast are in early days, and uh, with our practice and our group, our saga, you know that's it's growing, and obviously we're all putting work and time and effort into that. But you know, I've I've so I feel like your post to to have found an audience of a Christian singer songwriter in Omaha. And for that person to be frustrated enough to, to, you know, do some negative slander statement, whatever you want to call it, like literally, it's like when you have a two-year-old and <laughs> you set, uh, you know, you you set your phone down in a place that is very nondescript and out of the way, a two-year-old can walk into a room and they'll that they, there's no distraction. They head directly for the thing they're not supposed to touch. I, I don't know how how in the world would that guy have found that in the first place to even be upset and then, you know, yeah. share his upsetness with everybody. Right. What in the and, world? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? And Crazy. you know, I I did you know take a peek at his posts and you know saw that there was a real slant towards. Um, uh, chiding um, the policing. other the other side. He's policing. Side. He's he's appointed himself the policeman of the internet on that topic, and he's gonna. It was really go enforce it. Well, and you know the his posts were mainly political. I I will say that, which I don't yeah. know what have has what that has to do with this Christianity. It so. doesn't right. So. That's where I want to take this, you know, this look into, you know, our path is to first identify that there is an issue and know that there is a cause for that issue. Look for the solution to that issue, which is, um, you know, our path. So I am going to say very, very, with, with my high Buddhist opinion, 
that one of the turning points for each of us, no matter where you fall on this spectrum, the turning point is discernment. So like and dislike. This is where we all get into trouble. So as soon as we just have like or dislike, and then we have an unconscious reaction. And, and let's just be really clear that many of our reactions are fed by fears. And it might not be like fear of losing your life, but fear of losing the things that you like or fear of getting things that we don't like or we don't want. So then we have this unconscious behavior that is reactionary. Don't want that. Yep. Then we combine that with uh, this heightened sensitivity that's happening all around us. I don't like it. I don't want it. Get it away. I'm not going to do it. Just putting up the, the big fence of not, gonna, not going to tolerate that. And our responses then turn into a fearful ignorance, just trying to hold that ground of I don't want it, get it away. So our outward reactions then are denial and mistrust, misinformation, lies, personal attacks, and, and rage. And in this climate right now, then we have this weird massive cognitive dissonance thing that is happening, which is the state of having inconsistent thoughts, beliefs, or attitudes, especially as relating to behavioral decisions and attitude change. So then this in turn leads to this childlike response of clinging to the grandiose myths and thinkings and this hostility. Like you think of, you know, a, a two-year-old who's screaming at the top of his lungs, just screaming, no, 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 I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. And what happens as a parent when your two-year-old is screaming with all this hostility and rage? Yeah, back off. And what happens? The child thinks that they've won. The child screams until his opponent backs off and thinks that he's won because the conflict has lessened. And this is no different than what we're seeing in adult reactions right now. So the fear is so high that we're responding in a childlike way. No, you're not, but what am I? No, I'm not, but what are you? Yeah. That didn't happen. Whatever I you didn't say, do I'm, I'm rubber and you're glue. Whatever you say bounces off me and sticks to you, right? Like, so if you, if you parse in that context, you know, my initial reaction to calling a Buddhist, any Buddhist, you or any Lama Surya Das or the Dalai Lama, let's say they called the Dalai Lama a false prophet, which he undoubtedly gets called on a daily basis by any number of people screaming into the abyss, right? Right. First of all, he doesn't, he's not lying about anything. So he's not false. Like that's the analytical part of me. I just want to tear this thing apart. That's where I go. I'm <laughs> like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. 
I'm not a false prophet. Dalai reasoning. Lama is a false Let's prophet. use reasoning. Yeah. How dare you call the Dalai Lama a liar and fake and, and tricking people? No, no, no. Secondly, what's a prophet in the in the certainly in the Christian sense, but in the general sense, like it's a person that talks to God. I come my Christian background is in a church that has a quote prophet that talks to God and makes decisions and tells who to who to go do what job and what office they get to hold and all these things. Well, what in what reality would the Dalai Lama or any Buddhist say they're talking to God? We don't that's not even in the conversation. It's not even a a part of the uh you know, you might as well say they're talking to Vishnu or, you know, take your pick. Right. Um it's not in the conversation. It's not a part of this philosophy, religion, spirituality, whatever it is you believe it is. So then you want to pick that apart. Well, hey, well I want to pick that apart because, you know, the, the view, the view of God is just different. That's mm -hmm. the thing. I will say that, you know, that my view of God is ultimate reality, not a dude, right. not a dude who has, right. you know, the keys and the scepter and, you know, the, yeah. the office in the cloud, that you know rules everything so i'm looking more at you know ultimate reality which includes everything good and bad sure. all energy all people all beings all matter sure it's all god so right yeah so, and if that's we, so if we think about our you know discussions with that ultimate source I feel like I'm, you know, tapping into that when I find my own sort of ultimate source, when I can get to the bottom of, you know, you know, beyond all of the human reactivity and I can see the calm abiding in some, you know, in some fundamental truths of, you know, things are impermanent and things, you know, are interconnected and, the potential for suffering exists the three dharma gates as we'll you know as we call them so yeah, sure absolutely which is another good point to make in this discussion because as 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 you have this desire to call that person out and say you don't even know what buddhism is there isn't even god like you think there is in buddhism and or however you want to couch it in terms it's not the same it's not what you think i'm not talking to some metaphysical being that tells me what to do and how to act and where to go. And, you know, you, but then, right, you practice Buddhism. So maybe it doesn't matter, right? Maybe that comes into play. Maybe, maybe all that is, is a person on the internet broadcasting their own suffering, right? Dissatisfaction, right. unhappiness, uh, malaise, uh, fear, right? A fear that, Somebody is threatening my vision of the world, my view of my God, right. uh, you know, when in reality, real reality, ultimate or other or otherwise, uh, we intend to do no harm to someone and do no such thing. Right. And be supportive. Look for, you know, look mm -hmm. for the solution in it. So I think, you know, I understand that. It is my responsibility as a human and as a Buddhist practitioner 
to act with skillful means. And that means using compassion and wisdom, the two wings of our, our practice, compassion and wisdom. So understanding that someone is having a fearful reaction and fearful response. I know it because I have it. So when I can tap in through introspection that I am having a fearful response and to these same conditions, I'm just as anxious about being at home and staying at home as I am about restarting. I had to go to a, you know, a, a, a physical therapy appointment the other day. And I literally, you know, the anxiety in my body was overwhelming of, you know, going out and, you know, actually being, you know, in a, you know, in a small room with a, with a therapist that, you know, was helping me, you know, even with my mask on and preparing myself and being conscious of my actions, I was still wrought with anxiety. And, you know, I understand that is a human response to a human condition, reaction to fear. You mind if we dig into that a little bit? Like, yeah, absolutely. Cause it's a, it's a, it's a great thing. It's, it's a great example. So like when you go there, like what are some of your specific fears? What, what were you scared of with the physical therapist and leaving the house? And like, can you parse that out at all? Well, I think, you know, where I'm finding some, some anxiety is I see, you know, I'm doing everything that I can. So I'm staying at home. I'm, you know, I'm even ordering my groceries they are being delivered. I'm wiping everything down before I put it away with, you know, antibacterial wipes and I'm washing my hands and trying to be very, very present with my actions so that I'm not inadvertently putting myself at risk. And, you know, we've talked about this a little bit before I had some about of pneumonia last uh, last summer, and it was scary. The you know that sensation of not being able to breathe is one that's indescribable unless you've had that that issue. You know, I was on oxygen. I was close to being necessary for me to be on a ventilator. Um, I kept oh, waking up at in the middle of the night, and I knew I wasn't breathing, and I. I was fearful that if I had to, you know, if I fell asleep that I was going to just stop breathing. So I'm calling the nurse and, you know, this is happening. And she says, mm. you know, we're going to have to watch you. And I didn't sleep well because of it, because I felt like my attention was keeping me alive. You know, there's some anxiety that I have just because of that experience. And I and so don't want, I don't want to get back there. So that's related to the COVID part. Right. So the actual, like, I don't want to get it because that is that yep. same thing and probably even more. Gotcha. So that's right. frightening. I can, you know, I have so much um, compassion and fear, even for those who are suffering from that right now that, and dying from that, what a horrible way to, to die from basically just suffocating. 
So, you know, I'm taking all of the actions that I feel are necessary in my home to mitigate me getting it and then passing it on to others. But when I, when I leave and, you know, I haven't gone a whole lot of places, but the places that I've gone, there's people just wandering around like nothing's going on no mask they're you know just going about business as if it just there was no issue just i'm you know i'm tired of being at home so i'm going to go shopping as if things were no different darren and i ran through um lows the other day much to my uh i didn't want to go <laughs> my chagrin. chagrin i did not want to go i didn't want to go but um i agreed because i could kind of stay in the you know the outdoor area pick out a few plants and, and run <laughs> and, you yeah. know, just distance. I had a mask on, which, you know, I spent two hours making <laughs> on Sunday. I had to get out a sewing machine that I haven't touched in 15 years and figured it out. But, right. you know, I felt a little better about that. Um, but there were so many people just walking around in there like there was nothing and looking at me like I was crazy for having a mask on. So there's, that side of me that just feels like there's this stubborn resistance to react. And one of them is that, that silly thing that we've been taught is that we're not supposed to be scared. Fear means scared. I'm not scared. I'm tough. I'm tough and I can go and do all this and I'm not going to get it. It's not going to affect me, but and in the same right, you could be healthier than I am and healthier than other people. And maybe you have it and are not responding to it. You just think it's your seasonal allergies and you're giving it to people who could die from it. And that to me feels very, very unskillful. Yeah. Well, it is obviously, you know, I live in Missouri and the governor has lifted the stay at home statewide order starting May 4th. And so he simply said it's up to the individual cities and counties and such to towns to decide how they're going to deal with it. And man, I got to tell you, that's my biggest fear about the whole thing of it is that it's going to be this mental block that's been lifted and on top of a physical thing. And people are just going to start going about their business as normal. And the folks, the carriers that are even the asymptomatic people, not even allergy people, just regular people that don't aren't sick at all. And all these folks that are more susceptible now are going to have a much bigger chance of getting it. And I just, you know, I'm scared about that. I'm, I'm because, you know, you get, we need to, <laughs> not that I need to inject, but I'm going to say it, you know, we need it. We just need to be thoughtful and act with intention when it comes to other people during this. And every, everybody out there has seen all the people that don't seem to care um, already. So, you know, anyway, that's, we're about to come up on that. So, but that's, you know, that's part of what's for a lot of us that are trying to be really good stewards and, good citizens during this and we see that people are not that is stimulating a lot of fear 
right. You know, it's, it certainly is people's just, you know, their own decision to react in the way that, that they feel is responsible. That's the key is that we have to take a step back and stop, stop running from that childlike fear that says, Nope, not going to do it. Don't like it. Not eating the broccoli. You know, there's, there's been a lot of people killed and a lot of empires overthrown when people do what they think is right. 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 Doesn't that go both ways? Yes. Absolutely. And that's, that's a hard place to be. That's a catch 22. Every one of us wants to have free will. Every one of us wants to exercise our free will. We all like to believe we're fully in charge of all our choices and you hate to restrict somebody else's right to that or access to it. But man, on the flip side, it feels like there are just some things that are just far enough over the line that maybe we just ought to make a little tiny exception this time. Right. Take a little extra caution. Little extra caution and enforce it. Right. Uh, that feels safer. That feels better. Uh, but that also is then addressing your own fear about it and whatever level you are at. Right. Hmm. But that's hard, right? Facing our fears is, is hard. And we've developed as humans in this time, the reaction to distract ourselves, distract ourselves from anything that feels uncomfortable. And we do it, in many ways, you know, we can yeah. go to Facebook or go to Netflix or go to, you know, your Jack Daniels or your bag of chips or your porn or books, exercising, video games, whatever it might be. Yep. We use those things in, you know, in, in response to our discomfort. That's a thing in Buddhism is the ideas are simple, but the execution is often hard. And facing that which is uncomfortable is hard at first. But then we develop a condi condition, conditionality when we start facing those things that make us uncomfortable. When we can really look toward what is causing my discomfort and understand what's causing the discomfort, then our reaction is different. So the guy writes the, the post and says you're a false prophet. And what's your intentional reaction? My intentional reaction was to delete his post. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. I just, you know, and I, I actually debated for a moment do I leave it there? You know, am I, am I censoring? It's my post. So like, you know, if you're, if you're going to say, yeah. say stuff that's just completely untrue, I actually thought about the, you know, Oh, do I respond and say, what do you think a false prophet is? And right. I realized that, you know, through understanding and introspection that, you know, in his unskillful response to a post that had nothing to do with him, he reacted because he saw the word Buddhist and saw me sitting in a meditation position. 
And I realized that that was a fearful response that, you know, maybe he's looking for a conflict, you know, something to work out his agitation on. And I realized that the skillful response was no response. Yeah, that's, uh, that is, that can be very challenging to keep your mouth shut when someone says or does something you don't like. Right. <laughs> and you know, the, the funny thing is, uh, when you, when you're, when you're a courtroom lawyer, uh, the other side, whether it's a prosecuting attorney, whether it's a defense lawyer in a criminal case or whether you're in a civil case, uh, and they're just two lawyers on both sides or teams of hundreds of, you know, lawyers, who knows, but, but, but when it's one against the other, I can, I can tell you, I can't, well, I couldn't count how many times I've been standing in a courtroom and the person, my rival says something or even the judge says something that I disagree with at the core of my being. They say something about me personally or in the case, they say something about my client or some other thing in the case, but I want that thing. I don't want to be what they just said. And so I'm going to, boy, I got to tell you, I was, a, I was fiery and I still can be, but I, my fire's a little different these days, but man, you know, it's hard. You think it's hard to listen on Twitter or Facebook or in the internet. You got to try doing it in person when somebody's life is on the line. And I got to tell you, you don't like the lie that you think someone just told. You don't like the accusation that somebody just made. You don't agree with what they think it was or, you know, they made a mistake. So they must be a liar. Like it, it, it is, <clears throat> it is fascinating and can be in for me was at times impossible to hold my tongue. I've learned otherwise now, but at the time I didn't believe that. So, you know, the internet is just a different way of doing that. Un unfortunately, it can be an anonymous way as well, which sort of empowers people, right? To the, the, the e-thug or keyboard heroes, you know, all the names that you can call people that, that hide behind the anonymity. But boy, this, this is, this is hard things to hear uh, about yourself, about other people, about things you love and care about, about things you're, you've invested emotionally in for whatever reason, that it's not what you think it is. And when someone says that, boy, Katie bar the door, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, as, Buddhist practitioners, we have to find a calm abiding in our own reactions first and understand that our skillful action is with wisdom. And our wisdom comes from compassionate understanding. So understanding what my fear is and how I'm reacting. So, you know, the, the unskillful response when I'm called a false prophet, uh, 
you know, trust me, I, I, I looked at his Facebook profile page and I, you know, developed a whole, you know, a whole litany of responses of maybe you're angry because you haven't had a gig in a while. Doesn't look like you've had any dates since 2017. Yeah. So um, <laughs> there was there was that part of me that just wanted to flash right. back and say, I'm you know I'm not the only loser here. <laughs> <laughs> right. right, right. So yeah. I you know I took that. You have to take that step back and know that the response of fear to the condition of fear is not going to be the solution. So me reacting in that way and, you know, bringing his character into, you know, into criticism is not the skillful means, but to understand that my response is where it changes. So even if I responded and said, something loving and compassionate and kind. And he responded back with something unskillful. Then, you know, it's, it's sort of triggering that. Yeah. That need to conflict and need to be right. You got to defend what you believe in, man. Like you can't let people tear it down. How dare he, right? How dare he? Right. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'll prove it to you. And then by the words that I type into this computer machine, I will force you to stop it. I will, you know, somehow you're going to what resolve the thing that he believes. Right. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be so eloquent in my response to (laughs) that. He's going to, he's going to change his thinking and Oh my goodness, I have done so wrong in calling out another human for their compassionate action toward, you know, a spiritual solution. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it's ridiculous to think about, right? But it's yeah. absolutely prevalent in all of our lives every day right now. You can't like go yeah. I challenge you to go turn on the news after this and listen yeah. and watch the unskillful action and I don't care which direction you're coming from it's the the personal attacks that are responses that that just makes me feel like I'm I'm watching a bunch of 3-year-olds you know all that's come out of that all the clickbaity headlines all the vitriol all the accusations and the the just almost disgusting way that we talk about each other these days. None of that has made any lick of difference or changed anything. None of it. No, no, it hasn't served us in any way. It has injected and inserted into our lives, all those negative things. When, when even in the attempt to just find out like, Hey, how many COVID-19 cases do we have now? Or how many are in my state or how many are in my city or my County? Uh, you, we, we are bombarded with unhappiness and bad news and crazy advice. And it is 
beyond belief to me that this is where we are as as a society and a culture it there's there's it's good in some respects because you have to break things apart and smash them before you can build it together into something different right that's what we call change we we hopefully and are perhaps in the midst of that as we speak i think that's probably true hopefully hopefully we end up in a better spot than we started whatever better means um but in the meantime as we're in the midst of this like you say uh there's fear so if you do what ron has challenged you to do and go watch the news i challenge you immediately when you're done to sit quietly and meditate and spend that first part of your meditation really analyzing what whatever it was that you heard what parts made you angry what made you fearful what made you resentful what whatever it is that you feel take that apart a bit sit with it a bit understand it a bit maybe the next time you watch the news it'll be that much less sort of emotional i think that's a great great exercise and remembering that you know through the idea of change everything is changing with or without action so we can affect change by skillful action and skillful action comes from the wisdom of seeing things as they are so first we have to see that there is a problem we have to see that there's a condition that we want to be different and that, you know, that has to be at the first, for any ignorance to dissolve, we have to realize that there is a problem and there's a cause for that problem. And when we can see that problem and the cause, then we can have skillful action from there. And it's not just, don't be so shallow as to say, there's a problem and the problem is those people over there look deeper than that what what's the problem with the people over there what you know what reactions are they having that are similar to your own and when i can compassionately understand that someone else is having a similar reaction but on the other side of the experience I, I love that visual that there's a meme that's that um, has gone around in the Buddhist community and, you know, maybe some others that there's, you know, a number written on the ground and there's a person standing at one end and a person standing on the other end. And for one, the number is nine. And for the other, the number is six. And you can see from that perspective that each of them their reality is different in seeing the same exact thing. Right. Being compassionate to understand that their reality is relevant. Their fear is relevant. So you're saying you want me to stand in some other person's shoes and think about how they think about things? I think that would be a great start. That's a great start. But first we have to stand in our own shoes. 
And we have to understand that we have fear and we have unskillful action that happens from unconscious response to those same conditions. So if we can take and just put a, take a breath, put a beat in between stimulus and response. That's what we're always endeavoring to do. Understand that I'm reacting to a condition that I do not like, or I'm reacting to a fear of losing something that I do like. Don't like it, but I understand it. The response is wise and skillful action from there. I don't like that I have to wear a mask in public. I feel uncomfortable. I feel weird. But it's a skillful action to do so. I can also understand that the the discomfort that I'm feeling is also impermanent. So it will not last forever. And I can seek my own calm, abiding, and grounding in tough situations. So this is a great learning experience for us to understand our own skillful reaction through introspective thinking. With help, with help from all the terrible things that all the terrible people put all over the internet. Right. All of those false prophets. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And I say that tongue in cheek, right? Right. Because I do, I do as well. Right. And because the terrible people that say the terrible things, that that terrible part, that is all your own perception. Projection as well. Like yeah. I I really like to, you know, I like to think of it as the the mirror of compassion, the mirror yep. of you know of introspective exploration looking because really you know just to just to study someone else and and say oh they're behaving badly and here's what behaving badly looks like and diagnosing it as that's a person that's behaving badly that that's not helpful we first have to see our own ability to behave badly yeah i like it challenging but good buddha it is challenging. And I think, you know, it's, it's worth the lift, how, however heavy it may seem. It's worth the lift. With a path of introspective exploration, we can find conscious effort based in compassion, skillful means, and wisdom. Our human reactions are real and mostly based in fear. Understanding that allows us to see our fearful responses. When we see our fearful responses, we can then see the fearful responses in others. Instead of meeting fear with fear, we can meet fear with compassion and wisdom and respond with skillful means. So I urge everyone to begin with an introspective look. How does this situation make me feel why am i feeling that way if you're feeling discomfort look for the source of the discomfort embrace it with compassion and when you do that you can embrace others with compassion and wisdom
So thanks to all of our listeners who are tuning in from even around the world. We are so glad you're here. Find us on Facebook and shoot us your questions, whatever's plaguing you, whatever's bothering you, and let us help. Paolo, as always, thank you for this. And everybody remember, meditate as fast as you can. Bye, everybody.